Good morning. Good Welcome to Zion on this third Sunday of Advent. A few things to share and remind you of before we begin our worship. Uh, reminder that giving envelopes are in the narthex, so if you haven't picked up your envelopes, make sure you do that before you leave. Uh, also a reminder that down in the lower narthex we have a hat and mitten tree. Uh, so we're taking donations for hats, mittens, other winter clothing items that you would like to donate. You can put them on those tree and we will get them to families who could use them. Uh, also a reminder just about next Sunday, the 24th. So we will worship as usual on Sunday morning. We will celebrate the fourth Sunday of Advent with the service of Holy Communion, and then our Christmas Eve worship will be as usual at 11 o'clock with music beginning at 10.30. I did have one prayer request for you this morning for Tammy Steiner, who's starting cancer treatment after the holidays, so we will keep Tammy in our prayers. Uh, any other announcements or prayer requests? Yeah. Um, if you are a reader for the Christmas Eve um, service, I put your reading in your mailbox. So if you'd stop and get that, I'd appreciate it. Yeah. So readers, make sure you pick up your readings. Yeah, Ben. Um, I just want to remind everybody to hug your children and your grandchildren. My cousin Bree, uh, over this past week, her eight-year-old daughter collapsed in uh, right in front of her and passed away instantly right in front of her. So just remember to hug your children and your grandchildren and remind yourself to tell you tell them how much you love them. Yeah. Um, a gentleman that comes into work, um, Doyle Tulane, he's in the nursing home for rehab. Okay. Yeah. Right. If there are no other requests, I will invite you to take a moment to prepare your hearts and minds for worship as we listen to the prelude.
congregation, I invite you to stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captives to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may find your will. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us. And for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. pray. Stir up the wills of your faithful people, Lord God, and open our ears to the words of your prophets, that anointed by your Spirit, we may testify to your light. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord God 
is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit. They will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord to display his glory. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall rise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. I will faithfully give them their recompense, and I will make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants shall be known among the nations and their offspring among the peoples. All who see them shall acknowledge that they are a people whom the Lord has blessed. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My whole being shall exult in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with a garland, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the earth brings forth its shoots, and as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. The word of the Lord. A reading from 1 Thessalonians. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, 
for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise the words of the prophets, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. May the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. And may your spirit and soul and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do this. The word of the Lord. Gospel according to St. John. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. This is the testimony given by John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed, and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, No. Then they said to him, Who are you? Let us have an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Make straight the way of the Lord. As the prophet Isaiah said, Now they had been sent from the Pharisees, and they asked him, Why then are you baptizing, if you are neither the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water. Among you stands one whom you do not know. The one who is coming after me, I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandal. This took place in Bethany, across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Lord Christ. I invite you to be seated. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, John the Baptist is not the Christ. He is not the Messiah. John is not the light that has come into the world. John is not the prophet Elijah reincarnate. He is not the prophet who has come to be greater than Moses. Instead, John identifies himself as a voice. John is a voice crying out in the wilderness. In other words, John is a preacher. John is a preacher preaching to people who have lost their way. And so understanding that John the Baptist is a preacher, I think will help us understand just who John is and what John was all about. As Lutherans, we confess that every preacher has two messages. Every preacher has two words. And this is true of every Christian preacher. It's true of John the Baptist. Every preacher has two basic sermons. As Lutherans, we say the two basic sermons are law 
and gospel. Right? And the preaching of the law is the preaching of what God commands of us. The law is descriptive of what pleases God, how we're to order ourselves in this world. And the preaching of the law is meant to be a mirror for us. Right? The preaching of the law is meant to hold up God's law to us so that we can examine ourselves. And then we see how much we need God. Because when the law is held up to us, we see how far we are from holiness. We see how far away we are from being able to keep what God commands of us. And so when the law is preached, we ought to realize that on our own, we are in big trouble. We cannot do what God asks of us. And so throughout Advent, we always get a heavy dose of John the Baptist from the readings. And most often when these texts come up, John is primarily a preacher of the law. Right? And we come to think of John as a harsh character. Right? He is the one who lives off in the wilderness. He gives up all the creature comforts of this world. And his sermons always begin with the same one word, repent. John says to the leaders who come out to talk to him, that even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And as we'll see eventually in the Gospels, John will literally lose his head for being a preacher of the law when he preaches against King Herod's sin. And sometimes this becomes the only image of John that we carry with us. Right? He is the strange preacher holding up the mirror to everyone's sins, so that they are driven and prepared for the coming of Christ. And that's fair enough. John does preach the law. John the Baptist does hold up that mirror for sinners to see how far they are from God so that they know they need the coming Messiah. And John does share a resemblance with the street preacher who stands next to a busy intersection with the sign that says, Repent, the end is near. That is John, but that's not the whole story of John. Because the whole story is that John the Baptist is primarily a preacher of the gospel. We say that every preacher has two messages, law and gospel. Well, the gospel message is the message of what God is doing for you. This is the message that the promises of God, life, forgiveness, salvation, are given to you freely, not by who you are, not because of what you've done, but by faith in what Jesus Christ has done for you. And so the preaching of the gospel is opposite of preaching of the law. Because when the law is preached to us, when God's commandments are preached to us, our conscience ought to be terrified because we cannot keep God's law. But the gospel is meant to console us. Right? Where the law makes crushing demands on us and points out how far we are from God, the gospel makes the promise to us that God forgives us. It heals us. It restores us. It lifts us up in relationship to God. And so we can, during Advent, come to see John primarily in terms of the harsh preacher of the law. But I don't think it's fairly accurate. Especially in John chapter 1, in our text this morning, we see that John is a gospel preacher. Verses 6 through 8 tell us that John is a preacher of the light. He is a preacher of the word. Right? As we know, light is the source of all life. 
Light is that which makes known all truth. And light is that which comforts us in the dark night of the soul. The light is that which brings us through the darkened wilderness that overwhelms us. And John has come, as it says in our text, to be a preacher of that light. John has come to proclaim that Christ is the light of the world. He has come to preach the message that Christ is the one who comforts us who are lost in the wilderness. And when John is questioned by the priests and the Levites from Jerusalem, he makes it clear that he's not the light. He's not the Savior. Instead, John preaches to them the gospel, which is that one is standing right here, right now, of whom we are not worthy, and this one has come to save us, to give us life, to give us truth, to deliver us from our sins. And when John is pressed by the leaders of Jerusalem, he doesn't give them a sermon on the law. Instead, he gives them the gospel. He tells them that Jesus Christ has come into the world to save sinners. The lectionary leaves out the content of John's primary sermon, unfortunately. It leaves out his full proclamation of the gospel because in the, in the very next verse, John begins to preach his true gospel sermon. And it's a sermon you know well. John says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. All right, that's the gospel. That Christ has come to bear your sins. He carries them away from you. He puts them onto himself. He dies with your sins and he is buried with them. And because the Lamb of God bears your sins, it means they are no longer your sins. They belong to him because he has taken them. And that's the true gospel sermon. Right? That's the gospel that's always delivered to us. And of course, you'll notice that we don't get that in our reading this morning. The lectionary leaves it out. And in fact, I believe throughout the three-year lectionary cycle, we only hear John 1.29, that verse that says, Behold the Lamb of God who bears the sins of the world. We only hear that one time in three years. But as I thought about that, I thought maybe we don't need it in the lectionary this morning, and maybe we don't need it to show up in our readings very often. Because those of you who will notice in our liturgy and in our service, John's gospel sermon is proclaimed to us every time we share in Holy Communion. Right? We sing the sermon as a congregation each time we come to the altar. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. And in that moment, what are we doing but preaching the gospel to ourselves and to one another? We're literally singing the gospel message. And so sometimes good liturgical Lutherans see Advent as a kind of dreary preparation for Christmas. Right? There's this feeling that if we start to sing Christmas carols right now, the Advent police might come and harass us. Right? We're not allowed yet to be too festive. We have to do our repentance now and save up the festivities for Christmas next week. And I think there is something to that. Every, for everything, there is a season, there is a time. But you'll notice today, as we lit the Advent wreath, we lit the pink candle or the rose candle. Because this Sunday in Advent, the third Sunday of Advent, is especially here to remind us that even in Advent, the gospel is here to comfort us.
We have the gospel. We have the good news. We're not waiting for it. We don't have to wait a week for it. It's here now. John the Baptist says to those who question him in the gospel text, among you stands one whom you do not know. But for us this morning, there's one standing we do know. On this day of rejoicing, the one standing among us is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Among us is proclaimed the good news of the gospel. It's traditional to talk about the three advents of Christ in these weeks before Christmas. So the first advent is the advent of Christ coming to take on flesh as a baby in Bethlehem for our sake. And of course, the final advent is the final coming of Christ on the last day when Christ will gather his church and he will judge the living and the dead. But today we rejoice because there is an advent each and every Sunday. There is Christ who comes to us just as he promised in word and sacrament. And so on the third Sunday of Advent, we rejoice because Christ is not far away. We rejoice because we have the good news that he comes to us now in this moment. We rejoice today because we have a voice preaching hope in the wilderness of this world. We rejoice because this is the year of the Lord's favor. We rejoice because, as the prophet says, he has come to set the captives free. And make no mistake about it, you are the captive that is set free. You are set free from bondage to sin, death, and the devil. And in a few moments, we will get to sing together the great gospel sermon that John gave to us. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And together, we will receive that Lamb. We will, we will receive that lamb for the forgiveness of sin. We will receive him to set us free from bondage to death. We will receive him. We will receive him as he takes away our sin. And for that this morning, we rejoice. Amen.
together, let us stand and confess our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of the one being with the Father, through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation, pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Almighty God, you sent John the Baptist to proclaim the baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Grant that we who prepare to celebrate the incarnation of our Lord Jesus may die to sin and rise to new life, that we may treasure up and ponder in our hearts the Christ announced by your forerunner. Lord, in your mercy, you sent John to proclaim the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, richly and daily forgive our sins and the sins of all believers. Bless all pastors in Christ, gather and preserve your holy church by your voice, and send us faithful preachers who will not deny but confess your truth. Lord, in your mercy, Heavenly Father, be the source of strength and comfort in every home. Bless the children of our families, that every darkness would be lit by your Son's gracious visitation. Preserve them from dangers to body and soul. Guide them by your word and wisdom, and keep them firm in faith until life's end. Lord, in your mercy. Righteous Lord, you rule over all things in heaven and on earth. Until that day when your Son comes in glory to usher in his kingdom, give wisdom and insight to all leaders, especially Joseph, our president, and Richard Michael, our governor, that we may all live peaceable lives. Lord, in your mercy. Creator of all, many in our midst have been afflicted with pain, sickness, trials, and difficulties. Be merciful to those who are close to us. Especially we lift up to you, Ardith and John, Steve, Charlie, Jane, Steve, Nancy, Jim, Max, Jane, Brandy, Marilyn, Gary, Tony, Carolyn, Amanda, Jan, Tammy, and Dwight. May they be granted health and strength to endure their afflictions, 
And help us all to see that when Christ returns in glory, our bodies will be incorruptible and immortal when he makes all things new. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, your church eagerly awaits the return of her bridegroom. Grant that we would not grow weary. Strengthen us through your sacrament, that we would ever hold fast to your promise of salvation, won for us by Christ. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, Heavenly Father, we gratefully remember the sufferings and death of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, for our salvation. Rejoicing in his victorious resurrection from the dead, we draw strength from his ascension before you, where he ever stands for us as our high priest. Gather us together from the ends of the earth to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, and graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us, for to you alone we give all glory and honor. <clears throat> and Lord, we ask, we ask all of these things in your most holy name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. And now the peace of the Lord be with you always. God of all creation, all you have made is good, and your love endures forever. You bring forth bread from the earth and fruit from the vine. Nourish us with these gifts, that we might be for the world signs of your gracious presence in Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. 
Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, Almighty and merciful Father, through our Savior Jesus Christ. You comforted your people with the promise of the Redeemer, through whom you will also make all things new in the day when he comes to judge the world in righteousness. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the host of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending Holy One, the beginning and the end, the giver of life, blessed are you for the birth of creation. Blessed are you in the darkness and in the light. Blessed are you for your promise to your people. Blessed are you in the prophets' hopes and dreams. And blessed are you for Mary's openness to your will. Blessed are you for your Son, Jesus, the Word made flesh. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Let us proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. With this bread and cup, we remember your word dwelling among us, full of grace and truth. We remember our new birth and his death and resurrection, and we look with hope for his coming. Holy God, we long for your spirit. Come among us, bless this meal. May your word take flesh in us. Awaken your people. Fill us with your light. Bring the gift of peace on earth. All praise and glory are yours, Holy One of Israel, Word of God incarnate, power of the Most High, one God, now and forever. Amen. And Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Now taste and see that the Lord is good. Thanks be to God.
congregation, I invite you to stand. Let us pray. We give you thanks, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through the healing power of this gift of life. In your mercy, strengthen us through this gift in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen.
peace. Christ is with you. Thanks be to God.